Hello, my beloveds. So happy to be with you post-Easter, post-resurrection. Yes, I'm absolutely buoyant, and uh, it's an interesting time. It's definitely an interesting time, and we'll get into that, I am certain. And so let us join together. And I also would like to make a request. I'm in, um, I usually call in on Skype rather than on my cell phone when I don't have a landline. And I have found that Skype is really, gives me the best quality most of the time. Sometimes, though, when the Internet is a bit um, not so great, it can be challenging, and so uh, my request is that if the um, audio becomes wiry and, and not working, if somebody would just raise their hand, because otherwise I don't have a way to know. So you can just start to, to raise your hand if it doesn't sound very good. Uh, I don't know how well the cell phone would do, but we could give that a go. Alrighty, righty So grateful. So, um, let's see. Just before the equinox, uh, which was 10 days ago, more than that, 12 days ago, um, Patricia Cotarobles, who wrote the Violet Flame book that we use in year one, and I still use it all, all the time, use it every day, practically, um, <clears throat> she sent out uh, a message to her database, and she shared this Violet Flame invocation, which I would like to share with you. And if you'd like to uh, read her newsletter or sign up for her um, newsletter, her website is eraofpeace.org, E-R-A, eraofpeace.org. And so here we go. She calls this a violet flame of 1,000 suns. And actually, let, let, me, uh, let me give a precursor. So let's call upon the company of heaven here right now and connect in with the higher Holy Spirit self. Breathing deeply, we're opening our heart and mind to the I am that I am. We speak this invocation, this word of prayer for ourselves, for everyone in masterful living and for all beings everywhere because we are one with them. So grateful that there is the oneness and we are participating in it. So grateful to open our hearts and minds to the power and the presence of perfect love.
So we dedicate ourselves right now to a healing. We're intending to have a healing. We're intending to be lifted up to our true identity, lifted up to a fifth dimensional awareness. And it's from this space that we join together in this prayer of invocation. Violet Flame of 1000 Suns by Patricia Cotarobles. I am my I am presence, and I am one with the I am presence of all humanity. As one voice, one breath, one heartbeat, and one energy vibration and consciousness of pure divine love, we invoke the most intensified frequencies of the fifth dimensional crystal and solar violet flame that cosmic law will allow. St. Germain and your legions of violet fire angels, we ask that you blaze, blaze, blaze the violet flame with the power and might of a thousand suns in, through, and around every thought, feeling, word, action, memory, and belief that humanity has ever expressed in any time frame or dimension, both known and unknown, that is reflecting anything less than heaven on earth. Transmute this energy, cause, core, effect, record, and memory back into its original perfection and seal it in an invincible force field of God's infinite light. We now invoke the goddess of liberty who takes her strategic position at the cardinal point to the north of this planet. We now invoke the goddess of divine justice who takes her strategic position at the cardinal point to the east. Now we invoke the goddess of freedom who takes her strategic position at the cardinal point to the south. And the goddess of victory who takes her strategic position at the cardinal point to the west. Joining these powerful beings of light are the silent watchers the mighty guardians, and all of the beings of light who are assisting humanity at this time from the heavenly realms as we establish the patterns of perfection for the new earth on the physical plane. Blessed ones, come now and blaze forth the most powerful cleansing activity of the fifth dimensional crystalline solar violet flame that humanity and the earth are capable of receiving during this cosmic moment. Humanity's I am presence now opens the stargate of our heart and instantly we are the open door for this unfathomable frequency of the violet flame. This exquisite sacred fire pulsates through our heart flames and blazes in, through, and around all inharmonious actions, all lower human consciousness, and all obstructions of the light that any person, place, condition, or thing has ever placed in the pathway of life's perfection. Through the divine power of liberty, justice, freedom, and victory, the violet flame transmutes the discordant energy back into light, cause, core, effect, record, and memory, now and forever. 
With the influx of this unprecedented frequency of the violet flame, the silent watchers over every country, state, city, town, village, and hamlet on the planet now reach out their great loving arms and raise up a limitless number of light workers in every location who are willing to participate in the faithful use of the new fifth dimensional crystalline solar violet flame of God's infinite perfection. Each of these light workers understands the full importance of this sacred gift now being offered by our Father Mother God to help free humanity from all our human miscreations. The conscious use of this sacred fire from the heart of God will cause to be established within every one of these peace places great force fields of the violet flame which will continuously bathe every person in each vicinity. Now, through the clarion call of the I Am Presence of every person on earth and the legions of light throughout infinity, this monumental violet flame begins to expand and expand. It merges with the immortal, victorious, threefold flame, the divinity that is blazing in every person's heart and expands into a tremendous starburst of light. This influx of the violet flame now increases exponentially to the intensity and might of a thousand suns. Beloved legions of light associated with the new fifth dimensional crystalline solar violet flame blaze the light of a thousand suns through the thoughts, words, actions, and feelings of every man, woman, and child evolving on earth until every person individually acknowledges and accepts the divinity within all life and every expression made by humanities is a healing benediction to every particle and wave of life on this blessed planet. Blaze the light of a thousand suns through all incoming babies, the children, their parents, and guardians until all youth are raised up in energy, vibration, and consciousness to carry out the directives of their I Am Presence. Blaze the light of a thousand suns through all youth senators, senators and activities, all schools, colleges, and universities, all teachers, leaders, instructors, and professors in every line of endeavor until the flame of God, illumination, and enlightenment is manifest and eternally sustained within the heart and mind of every person. Blaze the light of a thousand suns through all religious and spiritual teachings so that divine love, truth, tolerance, oneness, and universal sisterhood and brotherhood becomes a manifest reality. Blaze the light of a thousand suns through all doctors, nurses, healers, hospitals, insurance companies, pharmaceutical conglomerates, and every institution associated with healing of any kind until divine mercy, compassion, and healing are tangible realities for every evolving soul. Blaze the light of a thousand suns through all banking and financial institutions, all economic systems, all money and people associated with monetary interactions of any kind until every person on earth is openly demonstrating true integrity, honesty, generosity, fairness, abundance, and the God's supply of all good things. 
Blaze the light of a thousand suns through all places of incarceration and all employed there, through every correctional institution and every judge, jury, and court of law, through all police officers and every law enforcement organization until divine justice is manifest and eternally sustained. Blaze the light of a thousand suns through all of the governments of the world and every person, place, condition, and thing associated with the governments of the world at national, state, and local levels throughout the planet. Intensify the violet flame until every government is focusing on oneness, reverence for all life, and co-creating the highest good for all concerned in every instance, blaze the light of a thousand suns through all space activities throughout the world until every nation, every nation in cooperative, unites in cooperative service so that God's will may be manifest with our sisters and brothers throughout the universe. Blaze the light of a thousand suns through the physical, etheric, mental, and emotional bodies of humanity until all diseases and human miscreation, its cause and core, is dissolved and transmuted into purity, vibrant health, eternal youth, and physical perfection. Blaze the light of a thousand suns through the food and water industries and through all of the food and water uses for human consumption with every particle of food and every molecule of water is filled with light. Empower this elemental substance to raise the vibratory action of humanity. Humanity's physical, etheric, mental, and emotional bodies until physical perfection becomes a sustained manifest reality for every human being. Blaze the light of a thousand suns in through and around every remaining electron of precious life energy until the immaculate concept of the new earth is tangibly manifest. We accept that this activity of light is being God victoriously accomplished right here and right now, even as we call. We also accept and know that this violet flame is increasing daily and hourly, moment by moment, with every breath we take until this sweet earth and all her life have ascended into the fifth dimensional realms of light on the new earth. And so it is, beloved I am, beloved I am, beloved I am. Yes. Yes. So we're taking a breath. Yes. Resting in that vial of flame energy. Allowing the transformation, the transmutation. Breathing in, 
Breathing in love, breathing out gratitude. So grateful. We're in the aftermath of the amazing energies pouring in and so much healing happening, things getting stirred up from the Passover, full moon, blood moon, Easter, eclipse energy, wowzer, we are having a healing. I would like to continue our reading of the impersonal life with chapter 3. And so let us begin here. entitled Life God. If that which you have read has awakened a response within and the soul of you yearns for more, then you are ready for what follows. If you still question or rebel at the seeming assumption of divine authority for what is herein written, your intellect telling you it is but another attempt to beguile your mind with cunning suggestion and subtle sophistry, then you will receive no benefit from these words, for their meaning is as yet hidden from your mortal consciousness, and my word must come to you through other avenues of expression. It is well if your personality with its intellect impels you thus to question and rebel against authority you do not yet know to be mine. It is really I who cause your personality thus to rebel. For your personality, with its proud sense of individuality, is still needed by me to develop a mind and body strong enough that they can perfectly express me. Until you have become prepared to know me, it is but natural for your personality thus to question and rebel. Once you recognize my authority, that moment, the undermining of the authority of the personality has begun. The days of its dominion are numbered, and you will more and more turn to me for help and guidance. Therefore, be not dismayed. Read on, and mayhap the recognition will come. But know that you can read or not, as you choose. But if you do, it is really I who choose, not you. For you, who seemingly choose not to read further, I have plans. <laughs> and in due season, you shall learn that whatever you do or like or desire, it is I leading you through all the fallacies and illusions of the personality that you may finally awaken to their unreality and then turn to me as the one 
and only reality. Then these words will find a response within. Be still and know I am God. Yes, I am that innermost part of you that sits within and calmly waits and watches, knowing neither time nor space, for I am the eternal and fill all space. I watch and wait for you to be done with your petty human follies and weaknesses, with your vain longings, ambitions, and regrets, knowing that will come in time. And then you will turn to me, weary, discouraged, empty, and humble, and ask me to take the lead, not realizing that I've been leading you all the time. Yes, I sit here within, quietly waiting for this. Yet, while waiting, it was really I who directed all your ways, who inspired all your thoughts and acts impersonally, utilizing and manipulating each, so as eventually to bring you and my other human expressions to a final conscious recognition of me. Yes, I have been within always, deep within your heart. I have been with you through all, through your joys and heartaches, your successes and mistakes, through your evil doing, your shame, your crimes against your brother and against God, as you thought. I, whether you went straight ahead or straight aside or stepped backward, it was I who brought you through. It was I who urged you on by the glimpse of me in the dim distance. It was I who lured you by a vision of me in some bewitching face or beautiful body or intoxicating pleasure or overpowering ambition. It was I who appeared before you within the garb of sin or weakness or greed or sophistry and drove you back into the arms of conscience, leaving you to struggle in its shadowy grasp until you awakened to its impotence, rose up in disgust, and in the inspiration of a new vision tore off my mask. Yes, it is I who cause you to do all things and if you can see it, it is I who do all things that you do, and all things that your brother does, for that in you and in him, which is, is I, myself, for I am life. I am that which animates your body, which causes your mind to think, your heart to beat. I am the innermost, the spirit the animating cause of your being, of all life, of all living things, both visible and invisible. There is one, there is nothing dead, for I, the impersonal one, am all that there is. I am infinite and wholly unconfined. The universe is my body. All the intelligence there is emanates from my mind, and all the love there is flows from my heart. All the power there is is but my will in action. The threefold force manifesting is all wisdom, all love, all power, or if you will, as light, 
heat, and energy, that which holds together all forms and is back of and in all expressions and phases of life is but the manifestation of my love. Excuse me. Of myself in the act or state of being. Nothing can be without manifesting and expressing some phase of me who am not only the builder of all forms, but the dweller in each. In the heart of each I dwell. In the heart of the human, in the heart of the animal, in the heart of the flower, in the heart of the stone, in the heart of each I live and move and have my being. And from out the heart of each I send forth that phase of me I desire to express and which manifests in the outer world as a stone, a flower, an animal, a man. Is there nothing then but this great I? Am I to be permitted no individuality for myself, I hear you ask? No, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that is not a part of me, controlled and ruled eternally by me, the one infinite reality. As for your so-called individuality, that that is nothing but your personality still seeking to maintain a separate existence. Soon you shall know there is no individuality apart from my individuality, and all personality shall fade away into my divine impersonality. Yes, and you shall soon reach that state of awakening where you will get a glimpse of my impersonality, and you will then desire no individuality, no separation for yourself, for you will see that is but one more illusion of the personality. Beautiful. So, I am going to unmute everyone so we can connect. So, here we go. Get ready. I'm going to unmute everyone now. So, everyone is unmuted. Yep. Got some people moving around there so you can self-mute. Thank you. All right. So let's jump in here and begin our discussion of this chapter, and then we'll get into um, occurrences and things. We've got uh, everyone is unmuted, so if you're not self-muting and you're not completely still, you might be giving us some scratchy noise, so just to be mindful of that. Thank you. <sighs> All right. One of the things I love about this chapter three in the impersonal life is that it makes it clear in the beginning here that if we put the book down 
if we decide to stop reading the book, if we say, oh, this is too much for me, then, or I don't believe it, no, this isn't real. And, uh, Margo, I'm just going to mute you temporarily because there's, uh, we're getting some noise from you there. Um, that it says here right on the first page of chapter three, the sentences are so long, but it says, um, my word must come to you through other avenues of expression if you don't, if you don't like this one. And I love that. I love that no matter where we go and what we do, if we make our bed in hell, thou art with me. I think that's so comforting. We're all unmuted here, so I'm just going to mute you out there uh, who just joined us. And uh, for me, it's so deeply and profoundly comforting that if I make my bed in hell, I still will not be alone. I still will not be abandoned. And that Love is so much a part of my being, and I am so loved by the angels, by the masters, and all the company of heaven that I am entrusted with the consciousness to be able to flail about in this human experience making whatever kind of an experience I feel like making and there will never be any judgment. There will never be any attack. There will only be the outpicturing of my consciousness for me to be able to observe, to be able to awaken that this is the great gift that we've been given. And one of the most important points that I would like to stress in our class here is to really get no mistakes have been made. No mistakes have been made. None. I I make the distinction in my life experience of saying an error. You've heard me talk about making a tactical error. So tactical error is that I'm not paying attention. I'm trying to go someplace. And instead of turning right, I turn left. And that takes me down a road. And uh, it's not a mistake in the sense that it's not a sin. I haven't done something wrong. It's an error in the sense of if I was intending to go the most direct route, I'm now going on a different route. But I will learn from that, that, oh, if I'm going to be driving, it's important for me to be paying attention and be focused. Or who knows, maybe my consciousness is the highest consciousness that will go through that neighborhood that day. And just my visiting that neighborhood will support a shift in energy for somebody or for everyone in that neighborhood. I don't know. I don't know, but I can trust that there's no mistake. 
although it might look like a tactical error in the moment. And so I think this is really critical for us to understand that we truly are masterful beings and we're remembering ourselves as we truly are. We're remembering ourselves as awakened masters. And so the the thing that most impedes that progress is blame and all other forms of judgment. Uh, when we berate ourselves or have negative thoughts about ourselves. Now, in my experience, the biggest detriment to our awakening on this planet in our human experience is the human thought form that there's something wrong with us, we're bad, we're unworthy, we're not enough, that we're somehow internally lacking because that thought is wholly and completely false it never will be true ever not for one millisecond will it ever ever be true and yet it is the most dominant thought on the planet so crazy so crazy but you know what it is being dissolved by our efforts. And we're grateful. And I really, truly know that the violet flame is the best tool I have to help me in dissolving my attraction to the thoughts of separation, which are the thoughts of unworthiness. I... um I don't assign the book I'm going to mention here as a uh, for us to read in class, uh, but I do recommend it as a book. And I may have mentioned it last year, and it's uh, by the author Danian Brinkley, and Danian is spelled D-A-N-N-I-O-N, Danian Brinkley, and his book is called Saved by the Light. And um, it's a true story, and uh, I've met Danian uh, several times, and I know he's the real deal. And uh, his story is amazing. And um, uh, I'm going to just share a little bit of it here now. And uh, that is, his story was that when he, as I remember it, I read it a long time ago, he uh, he's a big strapping man. He's about six foot four. He's like a wall. And um, he, when he was in his 20s, he worked for the CIA. He was an assassin. And he also helped to sell guns and distribute guns for the CIA. And he was a mercenary. And he, um, when uh, one time he was at home living in, I believe, South Carolina, and there was a lightning storm, and he was talking on the phone, and the lightning came through the wire, the cord on the phone, it was a corded phone, and it went right through the phone and into his head and down his body into the floor. 
And what it did was it literally it burned him on the inside. And so it actually killed him. And um, fortunately, his wife was home at the time. He was rushed to the hospital, and he was pronounced dead on arrival. He was dead when they put him in the ambulance, but he was dead when they got, he was still dead when they got him to the hospital. And they tried to revive him. They couldn't revive him. And um, the, the force of the heat of the lightning going through his body, as I remember, melted the nails in his shoes. And um, he woke up, I forget how long it was now, maybe half an hour later or something like that, with a sheet over his head and a tag on his toe. And he woke up in the hospital in the hallway waiting to be taken to the morgue. And he had a uh, near-death experience, one of those out-of-body experiences, going through the tunnel and all that. And it's quite interesting, his story. Well, uh, and one of the things he talks about was going through a life review. And he, that, uh, he was so far gone that he went through a life review. And he said during that life review, he went through and reviewed every single moment of his life. Every choice that he ever made. Every choice. And he was, he, he behaved in his life like a redneck. He used to look for a fight all the time. He would get into bar fights and beat guys up just to release his, uh, the energy that he had um, from you know, being an assassin, a murderer, and all of these things. And he said that in the life review, when it came to things like uh, the choice to kill someone, he felt the pain and suffering of every person who was affected by that death. He felt their pain and suffering. And with all the guns that he helped to sell, everyone that was hurt in any way by them, he felt all that pain in the life review. And he said it was uh, horrific, excruciating. And uh, when he came back into his body, his body was burned on the inside to the point where his eyes were so sensitive, he had to wear welder's goggles because his eyes were so sensitive to the light and he couldn't walk unassisted and he um, was an invalid. This big strapping man just brought low by this experience and he also became profoundly sensitive and intuitive and he had a huge massive mystical experience where um, he got to experience being with uh, the company of heaven and being taught by the masters. And so he had an amazing experience, and he writes about it in great detail in his book. And, um, and then it took him years to recuperate, and what he did was he created an organization that supports veterans in going through hospice 
and making their transition into the light. And he's trained thousands of people, including me, to um, do that compassionate hospice work. It's a great training. And the name of his organization is called CIA, which stands for Compassion in Action. And then interestingly enough, he actually had two more experiences where he was killed. He actually, some five or so many years later, he was hit by lightning again, talking on the phone in his home. And then the third time he died, he had a heart attack on a plane. And so now when he talks, and sometimes religious groups and whatnot will take offense at what he teaches about the unity of all life and the afterlife, uh, he, sa he says that he just says to them, what are you going to do, kill me? <laughs> And um, he's he's an interesting man. I could tell you more about him, but I'll I'll leave it at that. So um, spirit guided me to talk about this. I had not intended to talk about this at all when I started the class. No clue, um, except to say that God directs us in everything, in everything, and He was a rebel. And as it says in this book, it is really I who caused your personality to rebel. It is I. Yes. And then it says, once you recognize my authority, that moment, the undermining of the authority of the personality has begun. And so we are... Let us recognize, have we had that moment where we have, even for a fleeting moment, recognized the authority of our God self and begun that process of undermining the personality? Because for me, I, I remember so distinctly, uh, long after I had that moment, but so distinctly, I remember, and I've talked about this in class, that I remember sitting medita meditating on my sofa and the thought came into my mind, the ego thought came into my mind, well, how will I recognize myself if I clear out all these judgments and opinions? If I have no more judgments and opinions, how will I know myself how will i recognize my individuality my distinctiveness and my i am presence said would that be all right with you would you be willing to give up that attachment to the personality and I sat and I contemplated it, and I said, yes. And I had the thought, well, if I become so good, so loving, so completely 
light-filled, well, I just explode in a ball of light. And my higher self said, would that be okay with you if that happened? And again, I contemplated it. And I said, yes, I trust that whatever unfolds as a result of this path of choosing to release the opinions and judgments and be completely loving, that whatever unfolds is exactly what I desire to unfold and will be my greatest joy. And I, in that, what followed was really becoming very prayerful about, please, asking the company of heaven, my higher self, all that is holy to assist me in surrendering all my attachments to separation, in letting go of the need to be special and distinct the specialness and let me know that I am God and I am one with everyone and so I began to ask my God self to take the lead And then I truly began to really recognize that the voice of God speaks from my heart and that that voice is my true voice. So I'm going to pause there and see if anybody has anything they'd like to comment or share. Margo, you are still unmuted. So if you'd like to, you can unmute yourself with a star seven. Or you can raise your hand with a star two. Anybody like to say hi or share? Linda? Yes. I have um, <laughs> I thought I would share. Um, so for the last couple of weeks, uh, taking care of my mom and my dad, I was having mm-hmm. so many judgments come up. And I just felt like it was like a swirling tornado of judgments in my head Mm -hmm. (laughs) that would just go round and round and round. Mm -hmm. And finally, I just kind of said to myself that even though these judgments are coming up, that God still loves me. Just like if I was a toddler throwing a temper tantrum in the middle of a grocery store, a parent would stand over the toddler and watch over them to make sure that they didn't hurt themselves or destroy anything, but would love them and let them go through it until they were finished. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And 
finally the judgment kind of like just dissolved away. Mm. But it took it took a little while. <laughs> mm. Yep. It took your willingness. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it did. And how is it that you were willing to let those judgments go? Um, well, I prayed about it, and I mm-hmm. asked for prayers about it. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to be loving and make the relationship with my parents a holy relationship. Mm. And and I knew that a lot of these things were coming up from, you know, old hurts and judgments and stuff from the past. And I, I kind of had a feeling that it might happen mm-hmm. <laughs> even before it did. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I haven't spent that kind of concentrated time with my parents in a little while. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was kinder to myself when mm-hmm. they started coming up. Not when they first started coming up, but after a while, I was like, well, if you're going to start judging yourself, then that's just three people that you're judging. <laughs> and so there's two, so... Um, you know, there's got to be a, a better way out of this. Mm. And it really was the realization that we are all one. So whatever I was seeing or feeling in and from them was coming from within me anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of it when you were talking about the, I'm in the rocks, I'm in the flowers, I'm in the animals. It reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I'm glad you're sharing because I remember you sharing in um, the community call. About smoking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so I used to be a smoker, and uh, I was a secret smoker and um, at times when mm-hmm. I was ashamed of it. And because um, it's, not, it's not spiritual to be smoking. And, you know, there's no images of Buddha smoking or Jesus mm-hmm. smoking, right? Right. And... Um, so we have this thought that it's not spiritual to be a smoker. And um, what, as I was listening to you share in the community call, what I remember for myself about smoking is when I would reach for a cigarette, which was always when um, I just didn't want to feel what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Or when I wanted to escape from what I was feeling. 
And, you know, one of the things that smokers do is they give themselves a quote-unquote break. Yes. Uh, and they go, often they go outside. So they get to be in nature, which is restorative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and get some um, fresh air. <laughs> and get some fresh air. And a lot of, th- what I used to do when I was smoking too was I would go into fantasy. Like I would escape into fantasy or futurizing. Or reviewing the past. So one thing you might just really allow yourself to become present to is what are the kinds of thinking that you do when you're smoking? Like Mm -hmm. what does your mind go to when you're smoking? Are you actually aware of the smoking? Or is it just the effect of the smoking depresses your energy system so you're less aware of your emotions. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a really good possibility. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is an emotion dampener. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, it, it, it definitely is. And it... Uh, that one of the practices that you could do just to be loving to yourself is when you have that impulse to smoke, just before you smoke, just take a moment and say, ask yourself, you know, partner up for the higher Holy Spirit self for a moment and just say, what is the feeling or the thought that I am hiding from here Mm. and then remembering that our emotions are helpful to us in our spiritual healing uh, you could also ask what is the healing that's trying to come through I like that yeah because if we start going saying to the ego smoking is bad I shouldn't smoke. It's wrong. Well, I know when I used to think those thoughts, my first thought is of rebellion. Mm -hmm. You know, well, the hell with that. I'm going to smoke a pack of cigarettes. I'll smoke two (laughs) cigarettes. Uh I was only going to smoke one, but now I'm going to smoke three. The hell with you. I'll show you who's boss. You know, that was my ego reaction. But if you take what it says in this, chapter literally about it is I who cause you to rebel it is I who cause you to say you're not going to label me wrong and bad that says okay then I'm going to smoke as many till I make myself sick Mm -hmm. you know that if we can really move into the space of there is no bad there is no wrong Yeah, I think I'm closer to that yeah. place than I used to be, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not, I mean, I'm not thrilled that I picked it up again, but I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not really berating myself for it or, mm-hmm. although I was, I was not upfront about it as soon as it happened. 
with anybody, but um, I feel like, like Philip was saying, that there was a spiritual teacher that he liked just for that fact, that he showed that he was human, he was imperfect. Yeah. And and it brought to mind uh, way back in the 70s when I went with my dad to see um, Ram Dass and Deepak Chopra, and I remember everybody went out of the college auditorium during the break and had a cigarette. Everybody, <laughs> including Deepak Chopra, <laughs> was like, okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I really, I prefer not to be a smoker, but I'm not going to berate myself because I picked it up during this time of stress with my family, but I do want to not use it for um, muffling my emotions and stopping the healing from coming. Right. So I I know that I will not smoke. (laughs) But within the next week, I will not smoke, period. Um. But I, I like the idea of asking that question before I would light one up. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing it? What am I muffling? Yep. And, you know, the thing is we could do that with anything. You yeah. know, with, it doesn't have to be just smoking, of course. It could be anything that we can feel. It's a pull to self-medication. Mm-hmm. Eating, watching TV. Mhm. Yeah. Thank you. Mhm. Yeah, thank you. I, I really, really um, appreciate your willingness to share about that when it's not spiritually PC. Right. Yeah, that's courageous and that's loving. Thank you. Mhm. Yeah. Anybody else have something they'd like to bring up? Uh, I can. <laughs> hey, Carla. Okay. Okay. I I think I I think you're on speaker. Okay. I can't. I forget that. So my um I had a a wonderful breakthrough. Mm. I <laughs> it seems like I have a few of them, and I backtrack, but. I don't know. Was it was it only four days ago that I spoke to you on Sacred Circle? Was it a week ago? Over a week ago? Ten days ago? Uh, there was no Sacred Circle last week. So yeah, okay. it, it that was, was ten days ago. Okay. So um, so that really really helped me and reminded me because um. I realized that I was that plus something 
found it, that I realized that I was making my roommate the enemy. I was mm-hmm. I was making her whatever in my mind. It's it really all goes back to really the main key thing that I'm remembering is that I give everything the meaning <laughs> that it has for me. Mm-hmm. And that that's what I was doing with her. And that, so I, I really, I prayed on that. Um, I really wanted to release that and shift that. And um, I I really, that's not like I was really intently praying. <laughs> I really didn't feel like I was, I really made, was really, like, it wasn't in for hours or anything, you know. It was just a simple minute prayer, you know. Mm, mm-hmm. And um, I just feel like, and it didn't, like, ease in my heart for right away, but it just felt like I I really made that decision and awareness that I didn't want to do that with her, and I prayed on it shortly and and I just feel like it's very different now you know I mean things that I was judging her <laughs> mm. about I do I pray like it's not it's again like just for a minute you know every mm-hmm. time and it and not only is it prayer help I think it distracts me <laughs> Praying distracts me from my focus of being upset, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time. I can't, it's like very, it's it, it's not, it's really difficult to be upset when I'm praying. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so it, it, it's, it's, I don't, so I don't know, <laughs> whatever it is, it, I don't really care. It doesn't matter, whatever it is, it's helping, it doesn't matter. Because I'd be giving it to all the meaning it has anyhow. <laughs> if I thought I knew what it was. And, um, I don't know, it's just really, and I I was really afraid of asking her for a couple things. Mm-hmm. Because of my, because of my past history so that goes with I'm looking only at the past and so I did it even though I was afraid of it and it didn't happen at all like it has in the past it was different and uh and I wanted to go and it's not perfect but I I just did another minute of of that little releasing and it just, it just, it's practice, you know, practice. I don't think practice makes perfect, but I think practice does make improvement. <laughs> and, Indeed. Uh, and that's, that's, and I was reminded today that when I paint, went to paint my house last year, which I'm like, how can I ever do that? I was looking at it and going, I don't know. And something was really powerful, really a powerful guidance, like said, I think I shared this in a community call once, but 
don't worry about what you can't do. Just do what you can. And that's exactly what this whole thing is about. I've been worried about what I couldn't do. Mm. And I'm not going to worry about that anymore because I'm just going to I'm just going to do what I can. Like if I wanted to lose weight, I don't try to to do all this stuff. I just mm. ask myself, what are you willing to do now? What are you willing to do now? And I just keep asking myself that. And it, it's just so helpful to me. What, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a powerful question. What am I willing yeah. to do now? Yes. Because I don't have to worry about what I'm going to do later. It's what now is all there is. So I'm going to worry about later. I'm not even worried about later, but <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's just now. So I just... um So I I really, it feels, I can feel that more solid when I speak things. It really helps to solidify that. Mm. And so I'm really uh, grateful for for that, you know, because, and I'm grateful. I, I hear all the things you say, and it's like, I used to hear them. But now I feel like I have had this, ex- I experienced them in a way that makes it so much more powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. The healing is happening. <laughs> Even though I think it isn't happening, it's happening. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's beautiful. And that's one of the things here in this book. So page 43 where it says, It was I who appeared before you within the garb of sin or weakness or greed or sophistry and drove you back into the arms of conscience leaving you to struggle in its shadowy grasp until you awakened to its impotence, rose up in disgust, and in the inspiration of a new vision, tore off my mask. So, you, you've all heard me talk about how this is the world of contrast. So, one of the ways that we learn is through the experience of contrast. So, for instance, uh, Linda is sharing about she's being so loving and she is uh, she is um, taking care of – sorry, somebody's trying to call me. It distracted me. She is taking care of her family. She's giving and giving. She's working hard to uh, eliminate the judgments. And it's very intense for her. And so then in order to uh, mask those feelings of judgments to escape her human experience, she seems to go into what this book would call 
sin or weakness, and yet it is I who have appeared before you within that garb. It is I. And so, to me, this is the learning of the contrast. Okay, now I remember what it's like when I'm smoking and how it feels and when I'm stressed out and having my release from stress be something like this instead of prayer, meditation, uh, spring water, uh, whatever would be more nourishing than smoking. And I remember, oh, yes, when I choose this, it's not uh, loving and supportive. There are other choices. And we're not really um, doing anything but learning through the contrast. And to me, the fact that uh, no matter what we do in this world, we cannot break our I am presence. Such divine grace. The fact that every choice that we make will facilitate our learning if we're willing to learn. And no matter how long we delay the learning, every bit of it is still there for us, waiting for us. Nothing can be lost in God. Nothing. So it might seem like you could lose a pair of socks or you could lose something in the world, but you can't lose anything of value in God. And it's so fabulous that that is so. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And so what I love about this book is it affirms I am life. I am life. And I love Jesus. I was quoting this this morning from A Course in Miracles. Or actually, no, never mind. Forget that. <laughs> um, not that uh, on the radio show. I was quoting it elsewhere. But, uh, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I... I truly believe that what he said was, I am is the way, the truth, and the life. Not, I am Jesus, Yeshua, but I am is the way. But he also knew his oneness with God. And one of the things that we learn in our path of awakening is that God's nature is impersonal. So God does not have favorites. Uh, Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, said, God is no respecter of persons, meaning that God does not have special things for this one or that one. It doesn't work that way. That we're all subject to the same laws uh, according to our awareness. And then when it talks here, I, I want to bring this up just before we close here, that talks about the threefold force, the Trinity. So we have the Trinity in the sense of the the Father and the Mother, which 
I believe is the Holy Spirit, the Father God, the Mother God, and the Child, which is the Christ. And then we have the threefold flame in our heart and the threefold force. And you'll hear Venerable talking about this, the threefold flame of uh, Mother and Father and with, you know, Mother, Father, and, uh, what does she call it? Well, she talks about divine love, divine will, and divine wisdom. The threefold force manifesting is all wisdom, love, and power. And uh, he also calls it light, heat, and energy. So, there's the threefold force and if you think of images of Jesus with the three beams of light coming out that's that threefold force it's that threefold heart flame wisdom love and power so wisdom is the the Christ and love is that rose pink ray and the power is the blue ray and remember the blue and the pink together create that violet flame so the masculine and the feminine aspects of God combine into that violet flame and the yellow flame is the flame of wisdom and illumination so the wisdom flame is the light the yellow flame the uh, love is the heat which is the rose pink ray, and the power is divine will, which is the energy, which is the blue ray. Any thoughts about that? Questions about that? And then I love this last bit in the chapter. Soon you shall know there is no individuality apart from my individuality. And all personalities shall fade away into my divine personality. Yes, and you shall soon reach that state of awakening where you will get a glimpse of my impersonality. And you will then desire no individuality. No separation for yourself, for you will see that is but one more illusion of the personality. So what I invite you to do and talk about with your prayer partners this week is notice the ways that you cling to individuality, that specialness. How do you cling to individuality? And does the idea that you would come to a place where you're not interested in individuality anymore, does that upset you? Does that upset the ego? Does it bother you? There's nothing wrong in that. Let's look at that. Food for contemplation. Any final thoughts? Alrighty then. 
Let's take that breath of love and gratitude together and be so grateful and so thankful that we're waking up. That we're giving up the habit of making things wrong and bad and we're recognizing I am that I am that I am. And we are one with the I am presence of all beings. So grateful. So thankful. That we're on this path together, sharing the benefits with everyone. That we're answering the call that we gave to ourselves in the beginning. We're answering the call to be our true self, the perfect giver and receiver of love, to be a truly helpful presence in this world. So grateful. We heard the call and we are answering it. So grateful that divine grace operates through every aspect of our life and being. And we are saying yes to the love that we are. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. We allow the healing to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you, everyone. A beautiful class. I love you and enjoy the rest of your week. Mm. Mm.